Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about hostages. Mm. Uh, but before we do, we've got some feedback. Uh-oh. Um, so, uh, Loafmeister has written in... <laughs> <laughs> that's a great name uh, he actually I wish I thought of that he actually put this comment on reddit I hope he's not a real guy that's his like last name <laughs> Jim Loafmeister Loaf, that would Loaf be great yeah. from Pittsburgh I feel um, like a Loafmeister most of the time <laughs> he says back in okay he's he's actually Canadian so he says back in 1989 I'm Canadian in Florida on vacation with a wife and a friend wait a minute he said back in 89 he was Canadian <laughs> that's what he says what is he now but it's unsure <laughs> um, I had an Atari ST at the time but it committed to upgrading to the Amiga at some point in the future because of the incredible Earl Weaver baseball. Anyway, point is I was leaning towards the Amiga, but I hadn't tipped over. That is, until I popped into a computer store in Orlando. Yeah. My buddy and I asked the owner if we can check out some Atari ST game. He says, sure, crack the box open. I'll just rewrap it afterwards. <laughs> it was different back in those days. Oh, yeah. So they opened up the Psygnosis game Obliterator. We're playing that for a minute when all of a sudden behind us we heard jet engines blaring. We turned and saw he had an Amiga 500 plugged into a big amp with two tower speakers <laughs> playing F-18 Interceptor. <laughs> this guy, the guy, whoever ran the store knew what he was doing, obviously. My buddy and I looked at each other, looked at the Amiga Interceptor, looked at the Atari ST, then looked at each other and said, F that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So thanks, Loafmeister, for that story. You know, Loafmeister reminded me of something just now that I hadn't thought about, I mean, for years. Because he said he was on vacation... He was Canadian, and he went in this computer store. When I used to go on vacation, and I would often, back when I was a running amok single man, even before I you know, went to the lakes, I would take and go on trips with my buddy Chad, our buddy Wes. We'd go all over the place. We'd go to a lot of uh, trade shows and, and computer shows. They used to have computer shows all over the place. You'd go in there and get cheap parts and mm-hmm. stuff. And we would always, any city we were in, we would go check out their computer stores. You know, and I, th- I was thinking as I was, you were reading, that, I was like, "Man, this guy went to a computer store on vacation." And it's suddenly occurred to me I did that all the time. <laughs> you know, and you would see stuff that you wouldn't see around yeah. your around your especially town. in West Virginia. Sure, yeah. yeah. And so it was always uh, exciting. And we, of course, there was no Google Maps or anything, so we'd have to hunt them out. Mm-hmm. You know, are they open? Man, it's Sunday. I think I mean, we'd <laughs> roll in. Sure enough, they might be open. And and people were usually pretty cool in there. But it was a computer stores had a different vibe back in the day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not as well, there are none really now, right. are there? But there was a, a time where they got sort of corporate, but they were almost always a mom and pop place, unless it was like a computer land or something, mm-hmm. you know. And you would go in there, and they would all be cool. It's like, have we seen this? Have we tried this out? You know, and we would sometimes go buy joysticks and stuff from these different people. The good times; I, those are days long, long gone <laughs> at this point. You can't uh, uh, walk into a computer store anywhere. No, I mean, do you know of a place? I mean, there's I think there's a place in the valley. I've never been in it, but it's mostly repairs. I think that you've got to be, you can't just sell stuff. You've yeah. got to have a side. I mean, I worked at a side. computer store, but we didn't really sell anything except old used computers. We didn't sell, like, we didn't have, like, 
rows of software. I mean, yeah. you go into these computer stores, and there'd be walls of brand new software for all different computers. Here's a C64. Here's the uh, here's the PC Junior. And here's right. the Mac. And you'd be like, oh yeah, man, this is. Let's see what the other guys have. You yeah. go over and look at the other rack of stuff, and it was always neat to, you know, see what the competition had. Like like he said, he heard the, an awesome noise. He looked around. Here's this other machine. Oh crap! You know, mm-hmm. I was the same way. I would. I might come. I remember going to a, a computer store and. You know, here's here's Pit Stop 2. I've mentioned this before. I was like, holy smokes, what is this? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it was awesome. It was mm-hmm. running on Atari at the time. I was like, man, this crushes my cocoa. <laughs> you know, holy cow, this is awesome. You know, so. I wish that I was as old as you were <laughs> so I could remember. Because I, I have very vague memories. Like, I remember when I went out with my dad and we bought Microsoft Flight Simulator for Windows 3.1. Yes. Wow. That's and, way back, eh? And uh, we had the option to get it on CD or, um, or disk drives or on floppies. And I told my dad, I was like, Dad, we got to get the floppies because the box is heavier. It's got to have like a bigger manual or something <laughs> in there. That was the worst mistake. <laughs> How many floppies was it? It was like 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. See, I, I remember the time before CD ROMs quite vividly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, when CDs come around, I remember talking to my buddy. It's like, man, you can't even write to these things. <laughs> you know, what's the point of this? We thought, and what we thought, of course, we were dirty, rotten, stinking, filthy pirates. Oh, they've done it. The ultimate copy <laughs> protection. It's these CDs. But, they've screwed us again. You know. But, but it turns out that was not the case. Well, when CD writers came around, the first one I ever played with, my brother bought Brent. Mm-hmm. And oh, we ran amok with this oh, thing. But it was sure. it was one X. And we had we made coasters left and right. They mm-hmm. were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And CDs were expensive. So yeah. if you botched one, you felt like a hunk of garbage. You mm-hmm. were like, Oh, that's brutal. Now could you uh could you take it like? Could you make an ISO even back in those days, and then recopy it back out to the the disc? How did that work? Everything was much much harder. Yeah, there were only a few programs that really. It was this. It was a very like for example. I remember distinctly. You had to have enough hard drive space to put the whole image. It would you know with one drive. We never had two. We had just the one CD writer, and you had to have a certain amount of RAM, and. If any, like you, I know in our machines, we would start the program that would copy a disk. Well, well most of what I did was the first, the first two or three dozen disks where I was backing stuff up, I had all tape because mm-hmm. I had a tape. Me and Chad and all of our buddies, we all had tape drives. Yeah, we would yeah. copy stuff to give it to each other. We that was quick. You're talking about like the little, I'm like talking those, like micro tape things. It was about right? that that wide, mm-hmm. about that long, that wide. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all had one. My Chad's the one that got us started on that. We called them the donkey drive because they got... That's the way they sounded. So the first thing I did was like, I'm getting this damn uh, donkey drive out of my machine. I'm going to dump all this stuff on the CD. So mm-hmm. I dumped everything. I've still got some of those CDs. It was the original batch that Brent, me and Brent went in and bought. Mm-hmm. You know, How much did a CD cost, a blank CD cost back then, you think? Oh, God, man. It was a long Probably time two ago. two or three bucks a piece, yeah, right? It was, I would say it was at least three. Mm-hmm. And then, but I mean, when you box one, and the thing is, it could fill at the very end. Mm-hmm. Which, and then you'd be like, well, I've got enough here to use. Right. Because you could still sort of use it, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, uh, yeah, when they came out with those, and, and they, they progressed pretty quickly from the early ones to, like, the newer, the quicker ones, mm-hmm. you know, to that technology, you know. And, of course, stuff like Nero came out, which you're like, oh, thank God for this. This is something that's fairly competent. Yeah. Because you're using any kind of wacky program you can. And I'm not talking just piracy. I'm just talking in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, what's going to work? And then, of course, Windows had to get their, Microsoft had to put their 
foot in the, in the pool, and there had this like I'm gonna we're gonna build in CD right into windows. Well, that was a calamity mm. the way that for worked initially. Then you had some of this other crap that really to this day until recently Windows CD stuff was a pain. You know, they direct CD and also the crap that they put out. But uh, yeah, everything's a lot. People that say, "Oh, everything was great back in the day," there were plenty of stuff that stunk. Just like we were talking about with the disc drive, <laughs> yeah, uh, sitting around waiting for those uh, tape backups to look, pull stuff off tape oh, and put stuff on them, or load ten floppy disks. That stuff, that I do not miss about the old yeah. days. You know, it's funny that when my dad first bought that that Windows computer, we were upgrading from our old eighty eighty eight to this new Pentium machine, <laughs> and he he bought he spent probably $2,500 on this machine. And the big thing that he bought was the tape drive. He's like, I'm backing everything up on this tape drive. So you guys went from 8088 straight, you skipped all the 286, 386, yeah, right stuff. to the Pentium. Yeah. Did you have an 8088 all that time uh -huh. and used it? Mm -hmm. So that must That's have been I like... Piped, I packed papers on that in oh, all my... through middle school. <laughs> Do you remember what kind of brand it was? It was a clone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, That's uh, funny, man. But yeah, it's still that it just had that shell, that DOS shell on top of it. It's funny on the way over here. I was thinking that because the first time I ever got, I had my Amiga twelve hundred set up when I moved to Lexington, and I could see the writing on the wall. <clears throat> I'd seen the writing on the wall with the Coco, and I and I had a nice Coco three set up, and I'd sold everything mm -hmm. to get the money to buy the Amiga, and I could see the writing on the wall because Connor was circling the drain, you know. And I was like, i got to make the decision. So I sold all my Amiga stuff and bought my first PC, which was a uh, uh, 486 clone. It was a Cyrix chip that was a, built to fit in a 3D6 socket. It was a, one of their wacky clone mm. 46s, and it was cheaper. That's why I bought it, mm -hmm. you know. And I remember thinking to myself as I sat down at this monster that I'd made such a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> but I got a lot of use out of it over the years. But, man... It was tough to let that 1200 go because that thing was stacked. Yeah, and talk about difference in resale value, the 1200 versus that 486 machine. <laughs> That's it. Well, I will say I got a lot more money. Yeah, you're right. Mm. But I made out real good on the 1200. Cause oh, at the time when you sold it, I'm sure yeah, you Yeah, people well, were too. like, oh, this is an awesome setup. And I was like, yeah, I did pretty good, mm -hmm. you know. Well, actually, you know, you probably could have sold, you probably sold the 1200 for about as much as you could sell it for now, wouldn't you say? That's a good thing about the twelve, right? Or all the yeah. really all the Amigas have they, held they their hold value. value. Yeah, you know, it's because they're great. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Amiga, let's get back on track here. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Kitchen wrote in some more F eighteen uh, talk. He said, "This is probably my favorite flight sim. I played this for years. I only ever played it with the joystick keys combination, and like doing things like taking off from the carrier, flying immediately straight up and upside down over the carrier, slamming the brakes on." Flipping back the right way up, arrest her hook down, and landing. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. So Man, apparently he was a he was a stud at well, this game. I, you know, we talked about it last week how you could you could put the thing straight up, nose up, and just it was like a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can see that, and I read some places that you could do some really crazy stuff upside down and like mm -hmm. to go backwards. So I'm sure Paul played it enough to where uh, he got real good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Henrik Anderson wrote in. This is the ha guy that you thought was Asian last week. He's, Sorry, Henry. He's actually Swedish. Oh, good. Um, awesome. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he says that he has a breakout game called Impact on the Amiga, mm -hmm. and um, it is. Uh, and he said that he was wondering if there were ever Commodore Paddles released. And another person commented and said there were, and I will show them to you. I, I did see this. It well, was the uh, they were uh, what they Vic Twenty. Yeah, yeah, Vic Twenty. So they look like that. They look a lot like the Atari ones, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they, uh, 
Um, well, no, they don't. They don't look anything like the Atari paddles. I mean, well, they use the same you same port. They're just yeah, but, longer. But and the buttons are in a different place. All right, they don't it's look like, like yeah. them, but you get my point. They're paddles. Now these Those look like the Atari the paddles. That's the yeah. ones. Yeah. Those are sharp, though. They look good. Yeah. I've not seen those in, in the wild. I've you? never seen those. I'm sure they are rare. I'm I bet sure they're rare. there's got to be, if anyone has heard of any games that work with the paddles, we should just take the paddles out and just try a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't know what we, I don't know what you would try on, like a driving simulator or something. Yeah. <laughs> we got. I'm sure there's a list of games on the internet that are compatible, but uh, we should do a special sometime. That's good. Just... That might be a real short special. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone, this is the paddle episode. Nothing. Good night. Um, Adam Battersby wrote in. He said, "Just got back from the Lincolnshire uh, Amiga Group fifty-second uh, meetup. So I don't know if they've been meeting for fifty-second, fifty-two years, or uh, probably not." Um, That's awesome, though. They were actually meeting before the Amiga was ever made. <laughs> yeah, and someone was showing me him a Polish game called Franco the Crazy Revenge. He nice. said it's pretty violent with a lot of swearing. It's highly recommended. So I thought maybe you'd take a look at that. It sounds like something Franco, up your alley. The, Franco the it, Crazy Revenge. It's a Revenge. Polish game, you say? Yeah, it's a Polish game. And who wrote this one in? Adam Battersby. So it's going Adam, to be I will look into it. <laughs> I like me a good violent swear game. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's Polish. Because I think about this is the stuff that's going on during those meetings they had done. Those exactly. Because <laughs> people swearing a drink and the violence is going on. Gay joysticks flying across the room. Just random booze being right. taken out of the freezer. Just a good time. Those are my kind of people, the Poles. Oh, I yeah. That. Um, so have you heard about this new thing? This Apollo... Let's see, where is it? It is not here. Let me look it up real quick. What? I've not heard of that, boat. <laughs> Um, editing. There is a. <laughs> That's I, for suckers. I thought that I'd pulled it up on on on. I got this off Reddit. Uh, there is actually an HDMI um, upgrade your Amiga to HDMI <laughs> with a FPGA based adapter. Have you seen this? I have not. So I don't do the Reddit that much. So this is. I'll show you a picture of it. It looks like this. You're going to link this with poor people out there? Yeah. No, but well, I mean, they, yeah, I'll, I'll link this up. Okay, um, it's a slotted something. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. Uh, this, yeah, and it basically connects to your Amiga in some way, and it will actually allow you to connect it to an HDMI display. That's an Amiga 2000 slot there. So maybe this is this will only work on the tower machines probably. Well, I don't know. I'll have to look into it. It looks like it's got some it's got connectors down here. Those crazy redditors, they find the nuttiest stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll have a look at that. I've not I've not looked at that. So uh there's that and then there's also in our never ending quest to <laughs> get HDMI out for your for your right. five hundred. Now oh, of course the, one of our buddies is working on something. The S video thing. It looks awesome. Did you talk about this last week? The Amiga no, Christmas Trackers? This week, okay, actually. let's talk about it now. Go ahead. Okay, look, everyone. It's the, uh, they've released another of the uh, uh, CD32 compilation discs. Um, it's your usual disclaimer, which I'm not going to go into. Uh, this one's got 33 games on it, which they, they've only got listed by picture on the website. I know Christmas Lemmings is in there. Um... What all you got in there, book? Can you see it from the there's the, the like the elves in Wonderland that that game that was released last year. It's a bunch of I'd say as a worms one. It's a, I'd say there's a t- Christmas I mean, mine. Ponder this for a minute: a machine that has 33 
holiday-related games <laughs> that could be compilated on the one disc. Plus, they've promised uh, uh, some crazy demos, mm-hmm. some music, and some unseen, presumably unreleased uh, stuff. So, uh, uh, Amiga J has, has done it again. I'll, I'll definitely be checking this out. Maybe we'll bring this to the party and and, 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 and fiddle with it. Yeah, that would it looks, be fun. It looks pretty good, though. It looks, I, w- I was pleased. Yeah, I missed that last week somehow. It must have been right before the press is closed. And uh, then the, the last piece of news that I have is that the, uh, the 500 and 600 vampires are now available for pre-order. Not on eBay to purchase, yeah, but for pre-order. And the price has come back down, I think, from what it was. Well, I, I actually priced these in... They've got the euro price, and I priced them in dollars for us non-Europeans. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the board for the 500... Is version two plus. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know what the difference in these are yet. I haven't looked. The uh, the two the five hundred version that's two is is three hundred euros, which actually due to the favorable exchange rate right now is three hundred eighteen bucks U.S. Not too bad. Right. Uh, the the uh, six hundred the V six hundred version two uh, is two hundred fifty euros or two hundred sixty five dollars. So. Those are pretty. Those uh, I can't recall that what they're. That's a little more than they were priced before, but it's not much. Right, it? it's not like it's six or seven hundred dollars. I know they've had some real good luck on uh, on eBay with the five hundred version. In fact, I was I've been talking to a guy on one of our YouTube videos who mistakenly thought I had bought the last one <laughs> for like six hundred and fifty bucks. I was like, no, <laughs> no, sir. I don't have that kind of money. Plus, I don't have a 500, so right. it wouldn't do me a bit of good. We've got the show 500, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to vampire that. No. Unless they send us one. Right. We could try out. We'd be happy we'd to vampire the hell review, out of it then. review copy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's good news. Number one, they're, they're going ahead and making them, mm-hmm. you know. And number two, the price. That price, if you look at accelerators for the Amiga, is super competitive. It really is. I mean, is it? These guys have to make a buck. You know, I've, gosh, how many times have we talked about the price of these things? Mm-hmm. That's not a bad price. No, no. And so, if you're into that sort of thing, and you, I mean, I get on the list, and it looks like they'd already signed up thousands of people, mm-hmm. you know, like 1,500 mm-hmm. people or something. So, they're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. What other news do you have? All right, let me consult the magic machine of fun here. Um, let me drill down here to it. I don't know if I've got anything else of any consequence on here that we didn't cover. Oh, we had some uh, site updates this week. Oh, yeah, there are two couple things I want to talk about. Uh, there were, there's been a really neat doc, sort of documentary style YouTube uh, show. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, or maybe you even saw this book called The Nostalgia Nerd. <clears throat> I've heard of him. He's a good hand at at videos uh, along the lines of Kim Justice, mm-hmm. and uh, he's put out a new one which is called The Amiga Story. It just came out like a day or two ago. I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. It was quite good. Uh, it's on YouTube. I've linked to it, and we'll, we'll link it in Facebook when I get a chance and, uh, on the page. But it's good. I also linked up the, the Rise and Fall of Amiga that uh, Kim Justice did, and she did this, I think, was it earlier this year? Mm-hmm. And it's also quite good. Yeah. So those are, like I said, they were kind of good bookends. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fair. I will say the nostalgia. I like his stuff. I love Kim's stuff, obviously, but 
I haven't watched as much of the nostalgia and stuff, but I was real impressed. Oh, okay. And on top of everything else, uh, I get so I, there are so many nerds. I get them confused and like lazy game er and lazy. Game I like I watch lazy game review as well. Okay, I like that guy. Uh, but uh, nostalgia, and you're right. I would not pick a nerd title with the angry video game nerd <laughs> yeah. out there. Then there's all this. It's hard to keep up with, to be honest there's with you. A lot and of no offense to them, because they're. I mean. So many our losers out there is, making YouTube videos, oh, yeah. I'm telling you. If you look at our content here, <laughs> this is rock bottom compared to, except for the background we've got, which is awesome. But um, uh, these guys do some, I mean, production broadcast level stuff. Yeah, it's a really impressive. And look. this guy did a, um, not only does he go through what how Connor was, because the story of the Amiga is sort of a well-trodden path. Because mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. But... He does some pretty neat stuff that's helpful. He goes through the revisions of the boards. He's he's got a sequence where he talks about each chip, and he's got a big blow up, and you kind of follow it along. It's good. It's it's uh, educational, mm-hmm. you know. So, I recommend it. I th- I really enjoyed it. Uh, I saw that. Uh, uh, you want to talk about Paul's? Uh, I, are those cases? The keycaps the and key, the cake. They're, they're, there's multiple projects. It's ha- the key. The cases are they're shipping them mm-hmm. right. Because I saw a blue one in yeah. the bag, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, 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 do you know? I don't know a ton about him. I know, I've seen his keycaps and his his renders and stuff. They look awesome. Right. I think that you can either choose to buy you know an Amiga case, a new twelve hundred case, or if you just want different colored keycaps, if your keycaps are getting yellowed, or you just want to make your Amiga look a little bit more modded, uh, you can get I think just a whole set of keycaps in whatever color you want. Did you see the external keyboard they had? It was a CD thirty two keyboard. No. Beautiful. It looks awesome. Wow. So if you've got a, a keyboard hooked up to your CD thirty two, that's really cool. Uh, they also had um, um, all sorts of different case and color now, combinations. Now, did the CD thirty two did it have an available keyboard? No, that you could get? but okay. you could you could add you could you could you could plug one in. What kind of an it. interface does it have? The CD thirty two has two joystick ports, and it's got like a um, it's got a port that you, I'm trying to think. Of, I can't. I'm trying. To, I don't think it comes natively with a keyboard port. It might. I can't remember. Honestly, I've never hooked a keyboard to mine. Mm-hmm. It may be. It may require the little. There's the expansion. I think it was called. I can't remember the name of this crazy. Five twenty. It's a crazy expansion. It's super expensive for the C32. But what it does is it effectively turns it into a 1200. It adds a a, a place to put a floppy drive wow. and a keyboard and something. I've I mean, never seen that before. Yeah, it, but it's super duper expensive mm-hmm. I and mean, they're super hard to get hold of. Yeah. You know, and I won't be using it on my C32 with the state of my expansion port mm-hmm. anyway. But uh, this was a snazzy-looking keyboard. I've seen all these different key combinations and black Amigas. And and I'll tell you, uh, uh, it's a tribute to Paul. I can't tell what's real and what's not yeah. when he puts a picture. I have no idea. Yeah, it, it looks so good. He could, I mean, he could use that for evil. <laughs> if he wanted to. Please, Paul, stay on the good stay on the side. Stay on the light side. Because, man, you could never... I could never uh, tell, and mm-hmm. I looked hard. I was like, I got to figure what's going on, and I guess all the keys are still; those aren't made. Is that right? The cases are made, but the keys are still in. right. I think that's right. So, I could be wrong though. Maybe yeah, Paul, the keys are available. Paul, if we're wrong, just yeah, send just us let us know. Yeah. So, um, but that's happening. So that's kind of cool. Um, so before we go into the site updates, I just wanted to update everybody on uh, next week is our Christmas Spectacular. Yeah. So we are going to have, we're going to broadcast live on Twitch. We are going to, uh, <laughs> we hope to have some people involved in the chat. Um, we, we're going to record, I think, it's six, 6 Eastern next Friday. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, we are going to open packages. We've got packages. This is from uh, Chris Folds. This one over here. This is from uh, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. See those uh, nice Disney stickers right there? So uh, we've got stuff to open. Um, we're going to give away all kinds of awesome stuff. Um <laughs> You're gonna. You're not gonna want to miss this. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So um, giveaways. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. We have. Have we ever given anything away? Never. This will be our first. Our first time. But it will be our first. Of, I'm sure we'll. We'll continue this trend in future Christmas spectaculars. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna. Wait. We're gonna play a whole bunch of Amiga. We're gonna finish the night out with a, a rousing round of Puzzling Dragons yeah. on Mame. It's I'm not just, looking forward to that part. It's going to be. It's going to be great. Good lord, but um, yeah. about get, if you want somebody to leave your house, <laughs> just tell, just say we're going to play a round of puzzling dragons, man. It's <laughs> it's like somebody let a skunk loose. They head for the exits. So, um, but I, we need your help. Uh, I would. We we want to feature pictures of you uh, at Christmas time doing something computer related from times gone by. So if you have a picture of unwrapping an Amiga game, it doesn't even have to be an Amiga game, any kind of computer game, and you want to submit that, uh, you could fake it. You could you could fake it. You could get Paul Kitching on board. He'd probably construct a whole house for you to unwrap something. <laughs> no kidding. Um, and so hopefully you and Brent can find some some old pictures and uh, bring them along. I have to look. I've got a video of me unwrapping stuff, so maybe I can work something. Yeah, out. yeah. Because uh, we're gonna throw those up on the on the screen and talk about our our Christmas computing memories. You know, the last time we tried a, a memory segment it didn't go so well. Yeah. Well, this time <laughs> this time hopefully it'll go better. Uh, so we did get some memories though. We got Sean got Courtney and Rob, and, and yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, other side updates. Chris Folds is still rolling along with his retro advent calendar. Awesome! It was such a brilliant idea. Yeah, today uh, is day you know December eighth. Uh, Santa's Christmas Chaos on the C sixty four. He's come up with some pretty obscure stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we've got Dreamcatcher still on the ball with the Light Shock retrospective. It, it's here. It's a two parter. It's so, massive. Yeah, it yeah. is massive, and as, as it's his usual off the chart and awesomeness. Right, right. This is especially if you're in a, uh, the uh, Fighting Spirit stuff or the Pray for Death. It's a must read. Even if you're not, it's a must read because it's it's Dreamcatcher. But yeah. uh, this stuff is good. Uh, Aaron, you've been busy on some Amigos plays. Well, I finally got up our uh, our Amigos stream from last week, which was me solo playing F. Uh, what was it, FA-18 Interceptor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I will say sitting around watching someone play a flight simulator could probably isn't the <laughs> most exciting thing, but I will say there's a climactic end, and I'm quite proud of it. I did watch it. I, I, <laughs> I, I did fast-forward through a few oh, of the middle parts. Stab me I, in the I, soul. I, I stuck around for the end because I wanted to see you stick that landing. Uh, it's it was, too bad. That's, it was I quite don't impressive. Have, I don't have my little camera on, so you can see me. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I was throwing babies and jumping up and down, confetti. It was a miracle, so it was great. But I, um, that got put out by me, and also I released... And I released this like you would release a, a, a rabid dog in the woods. <laughs> I did a video on Technocop. And I'll have to say, uh, that was a favorite game of mine in my younger days. But I didn't like it as much. It's now. not held up no, as, as, as well. No. no. I remember I wanted to do that as a show on yeah. that. I was like, hey, Technocop vote. The people will clamor for Technocop. Not nobody so voted for no, Technocop. No, nobody did. <laughs> So yeah, so I did a couple, and you put up a bunch of stuff this week. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do as much uh, just Amiga stuff. I I, I played a lot of uh, some NES games, some PlayStation stuff. 
Um, but I'm going to get... What, what did I play? Uh, oh, Rescue the Embassy mission, because for a while I couldn't get hostages to emulate correctly. So I, I, I did an Amigos plays of that. Um, TNC Surf Designs on the NES. Uh, and I'm getting ready to put up an Amigos plays of um, Oregon Trail on the Mac Plus, on an original Mac Plus. So, lots of things going on. Oh, you might want to mention uh, special thanks for your emulation. Was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I was having tons of trouble just getting... It started with F-18, and uh, I just... I wasn't getting the song at the beginning. Just all kinds of random things were happening. The game was crashing. Yeah, you don't want to miss that song. Yeah. And Chris Folds was like, uh, you need to get on board <laughs> with FSUAE instead of just WinUAE. And it's made all the difference. I mean, you just click a couple buttons, you put the Kickstart ROM in, and you're set to go. And along those lines, you also you forgot that you did, I think this is our third go-around stunt car oh, race. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's always the test. You know, can it do stunt car racer right? Because I still haven't, you know, I hadn't been able to find an emulation solution for you that. You liked it, but didn't it, you? It worked great, and it's so smooth when it <laughs> runs right. I told you. I remember when we first played that, and you're like, I didn't like that. Which I was like, what? Yeah. Are you nuts? <laughs> This is the best. And yeah, now really you cool. under. So this is. Let's see. We did a combined video that sucked because mm-hmm. it was glitched out. Then we, I did a video, and now you've done a video. And next week, or probably and next week, we're doing it again. Maybe even yeah. tomorrow. Chris folds. He's going to start producing videos for us. Oh, and, beautiful! <laughs> and he's done stunt car racer as well. So. If you have your own stunt car racer video you'd like to submit, please send it to Amigos at AmigosPodcast.com. And we'll, Organized. We'll put it up. <laughs> Holy smokes. Unbelievable. But Chris has done, he's done a couple different videos, and he's going to start to be kind of a regular contributor whenever he, he wants to. Hey, we need all the help we can get. And uh, so <laughs> Chris is also confident. Yeah, yeah. We need we need more confidence on our team for sure. Yeah, because I'm, thank God, I'm, I was telling him, as we were trying to play the game this week, I was like, you know, I'm so happy I've got a real Amiga to play with. But yeah. like, this stuff, and I'm a seasoned hand, and it's still complicated. You sit there scratching your brow like, what am I doing? Literally every other computer or video game system you want to emulate, it's a it's a two-click process. The Amiga <laughs> is the only one where you're just you're shuffling disk images, you're putting Kickstarters in. It's... I mean, even DOS, when I loaded up Pray for Death... I was like, man, this is going to be a trial. DOS box is going to blow my mind. I was like, burp, 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 off. It just works. Right. I was like, what happened? What, no custom chips? Yeah. Loser. Yeah. So, all right. So, that's the side updates. You ready to dive into the game? Yeah, I all think right. so. Hostages. Hostages. So, tell me about Hostages. Let me give you the, uh, the info. Hostages was a game released or set forth in 1988. It came out of... Uh, Infograms, French company, right? Oh yes, and I'm going to get into. I'm going to get into. Oh, see, they don't like that. They don't like that. Uh, uh, Maybe they do. I've never actually asked a French person if they like that. Or would not. you like it if uh, a French guy walked up to you with American? Oh, how you doing, son? Would you like that? Was cool, or do you think? Wow, that guy thinks I'm a big hick. Would I don't that know how I'd big? react to that. Yeah, here in a French accent, or you know, somebody in a French accent trying to do like a hick accent. Well, you know. We all have our we all have our little uh, voice foibles and our little accents and so yeah and we love the French I we love, do and I love infographics we love Laurent Giroux I do I love Laurent Giroux 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 help me out here yeah French guy French guy so anyway where were we hostages 1988 from infograms um, developed in house uh, which they were want to do uh, ran on the old OCS so. As it would. If you've got a 1,000, you're okay. Yeah, man. You're good to go. Uh, which is... And this game is p- pretty nice looking, so it's pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's a... Uh, 
it's a it's a game that was ported to a lot of stuff. It's funny. I I would have never guessed. I'd never heard of this game until you mentioned it. By the way, you might want to disclaim the Golgo 13 stuff oh, yeah. last week. All the stuff I said about this being the same as Golgo 13, totally untrue. I was totally blown away this week trying to get information <laughs> on that. I was like, I don't see any connection at all. Yeah, this is this is ported to the NES as Rescue the Embassy Mission, not right. Golgo 13. There you go. So anyway, uh, as Boat said, this was ported to the NES. What The name was uh, Rescue the Embassy. Rescue, poop the Embassy. Mission. Mission. Let's get the Embassy Mission. Thank you. Uh, you, the, you got your Amstrad release. And Any it, Archimedes? I've never seen this for Amstrad slash Schneider. What's That's the German. Really? Amstrad, yeah. You're kidding. Are no. you just making that up? No, I read it. Oh, okay. Apple II GS. You need to get this for that. Yeah. You don't have an Apple II I GS, do you? I got an Apple II E. Um, Atari ST, of course. BBC Micro. Uh, C64. MSX. I can't believe it didn't get an Archimedes release. <sighs> well, what are you going to do? Shame. Uh, PC DOS. Which... It's funny how many of these games got released for DOS. And I never saw any of them. And I had a DOS, you know. I didn't have one in 88. They might not have been released in America, too. Yeah. Uh, this was on the Tandy, which means it probably supported Tandy's special sound. Yeah. But I never it, heard of it. Yeah. Uh, the Sinclair. This was everything. It was on the ZX Spectrum. I'd love to play the ZX Spectrum version I, of Well, we, we could probably do that. Yeah. Um, so, it got a lot of release. It was in a lot of uh, It was in a lot of packs. I mean, it was in a ton of packs. Action pack, high energy power play, and a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Um... This was, this had sort of a, I didn't look into the sequel, but it had sort of a, I guess a spiritual sequel or an actual sequel called Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did watch some video of Alcatraz. It looks like two players simultaneous play with basically the same like sort of dodging, going in the shadows sort of gameplay mm-hmm. with uh, but split screens you know like a spy horizontal. versus spy sort of thing. I think you're on the same team. I would guess. No, no, <laughs> but I mean like the way the the screen is split. sure, okay. but it, it looked good. I always had to say it looked it looked nice. I, like I said, we so we, I don't think it got released on the on the Amiga, but it might have. We we'll have to look into it. Um, so you want to explain? This game's kind of hard to explain. You want to try to explain exactly how this game works? Well, it's sort of like a collection of three mini games. Uh, the plot of the the story is that there's an embassy that's been taken over by you know terrorists, and they've taken hostages, and it's your job to break into the embassy and rescue the hostages. Uh, you do this over the course of three stages. The first stage is that you have to maneuver your snipers to their position. So you start out kind of at the beginning of a city block, and you've got three snipers and you basically are in a side-scrolling environment. Uh, you can push the joystick in different directions to duck and weave and dodge. There's these spotlights that are, you know, kind of roving about. And uh, if the spotlight hits you, then gunfire will erupt and you may or may not be shot. Uh, you can escape the spotlight by diving into cover. It could be like diving into a hedge or into a doorway or something like that. And uh, eventually you... You know, you position your first man, then you select your second man, and you position him, and you've got three snipers surrounding the embassy. And you've got a map. This yeah. doesn't tell you when to stop. Let's make that first. You have a map. It's sort of, it's a, the map is, looks like a proper map, but mm-hmm. on the screen, you're always going right. So right. that was, that's what threw me at first. Yeah, even though it looks like you should go left yeah. from the map, you have to go right. You have to follow this map closely to get your guys to the marked area. That's yeah. for sure. 
And then once you do that, then it will say, you've done it. Now go on to the next stage. And the next stage is you are in a sniper, and the, the, the perspective is actually really cool. It is. You see an over-the-shoulder guy with a, with a sniper rifle, and then you kind of have a zoomed-in look of what he sees through his scope. And you're basically looking at the windows in the embassy. So they're, they're lit windows, and every once in a while you'll see the silhouette of a person walk in front of the window. And it's your job to shoot that person. Now this is kind of where the game first starts to get a little funny, because you're never really sure what the purpose of shooting them is, because it doesn't make doesn't necessarily make the, the the next part where you actually go into the embassy any better. doesn't necessarily decrease the number of men in the embassy. Um, and you're never really sure if you're shooting hostages or the bad guys. <laughs> That's the part. That is, and something else that bothered me on this part, and I agree. I, I, up to this point, I thought, man, this is pretty interesting and unique. And the, uh, the the look over the shoulder, it's sort of like, have you ever seen The Professional? Uh, or Leon The Professional? No, that ring a bell? Mm-mm. Okay, speaking of the French. So it's a movie about a hitman. Um, is it a French movie? It's the guy that plays uh, The uh, Professional is a French guy. Oh. He's quite good. Uh, but uh, And the chick that played Amadala is the little girl in it. Oh, yeah, okay. You have seen it? Oh, no, but I remember seeing the commercial. It's outstanding, outstanding mm-hmm. film. Uh, but uh, uh, the perspective in this is great. Uh, the ear, it's got a really artistically rendered picture of a, of, a, of the sniper on the left side of the screen, and then so you've got it's neat. You get to see your guy, and you get to see through his scope. It's very well, it's very well thought out. Now, yeah. that's where the thought out part sort of ends because <laughs> the problems I have on this part is number one, like Boat said, you can't really tell who you're shooting, which it probably it, in terms of gameplay doesn't matter. You just assume it's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But I think they missed an opportunity, sort of like a Hogan's Alley style opportunity, where you could look at the silhouette and be like, "Wait a minute, that silhouette's got a ponytail, or that looks like a little kid." Or, right. And, and there's no. And the, the one thing we need to make clear too: there's no score in this game. You have a timer that ticks down, and the the difficulty just lies in you know because I've tried all the different levels, and from what I can tell, I could be wrong. The only thing that's different is the amount of time that you have to complete the mission. Sure. And, and again, that's a misopportunity too. If you had a score in it, mm-hmm. you could better shots. You know, um, could get you a net you a bigger score. Uh, secondly, when you shoot the target, you will hear a "uh" if you mm-hmm. hit them, or assumably you hit them, and then the glass will just sort of very unattractive. We just look broken, yeah. like there was a no, there's there's no, no animation. animation. It just it's suddenly broken, and then. You will still see silhouettes occasionally walk past this window. Sometimes they'll stand there. You can just blast away. <laughs> they so, don't learn that, you know, it, it, normally when somebody gets shot through a window, you don't frequent that room. Again. Right, right. And, I, I mean, that didn't change on any level either, did it? No, no. And then, on top of that, even with the window broken, you still can't see who you're shooting at. It's still silhouette. Mm-hmm. And then, that the window breaking should play into the next section, but it doesn't play into it at all. Right. Which is also sort of stupid. And so the next section is uh, a repelling section. Now keep in mind, this the, the sniping section does not end on its own. You can keep on sniping until the cows come home. And I, presumably that you you will run out of targets. I mean, I would, I'd get to the point where they wouldn't be there, but usually if you move away from the window you're shooting and it come back, a lot of times a guy will stagger back yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And so whenever you, it's basically whenever you get tired of doing that, you switch over to the repelling section. 
And this is a this is a section of the game that could have been really cool, and it is kind of cool on the NES version, but on the Amiga <laughs> version, it's infuriating because you have to. It takes some finesse to be able to rappel down the side of the building and um, without falling down your rope and, and dying. Um, but once you get to the window, we run it. Now Aaron was able to do this on his real Amiga, so I don't know if this. But it, is, I mean, you're talking. I played this game a lot and always died here. Mm-hmm. And only a very uh, very few times I was able to get in a building. And I'm honestly, I don't know what I did to get in that was different. Right. I don't now, have any idea. What you've got to do is you've got to position yourself, rappel down the side of the window until you're next to a window. And then you push the fire button and you will rock back from the window and then move your heels forward to kick in the glass. Now, you see this all the time in the movies. It's, that's what you do. But for whatever reason, when we were playing this on the live stream, we couldn't get the glass to break. Well, when I played it at home, it was the same thing. It was definitely, it's just, that's the game. Mm-hmm. There's some secret that we're not doing. Right. And I, again, out of, out of 10 games, I could get in the building, say, twice. Yeah. You know, with two guys. And it was, but it was, it was driving me absolutely crazy to try to get in this stupid building. There's got to be a trick to it, and also I plummeted to my death. The controls on the on the repelling stage were repellent. Yeah, they they could be tweaked to a certain degree. Absolutely, and once you get into the building, you're faced with it. You know what it reminded me of is uh, the you have an overhead map, kind of like Rally X or something like that. <laughs> yes, up in the cor- up in the left corner. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then you are <laughs> kind of maneuvering around in a first person's perspective, but it's a static first person perspective. Um, and you basically have to clear each floor of the embassy of terrorists. You just walk around and you shoot them. There'll be hostages. If you walk past a hostage, you will free the hostage. It will just disappear. Got a suit. Yeah. And um, once you've done that, the game says, congratulations, you've won. And then it spits you back to the title screen. Now, how much success did you have? Obviously, you never even got there in the Amiga version. How much success did you have playing the NES version? The, the Nintendo version, I played on the hardest difficulty level, and I was still able to beat it. But, I mean, I, you had no trouble in the building? No. Because I can tell you my experiences in the building were quite random. For starters, this is not Doom. This is a uh, uh, your classic sort of old-school 3D. It's like <clears throat> wizardry or something a like screen, that. A screen, a screen, a mm-hmm. screen. It would like, give you the map. You're going down a hallway, and there's a turn here. You would be... A, a, a passage away from the turn, you're on the turn. You turn your guy this way, you mm-hmm. go that way. And it's real, um, it's not very old school maze walking in 3D. It sort of kind of doesn't work for me. Not because it's ancient, it's because it's, I didn't, it just didn't do it for me. I found great difficulty dispatching. I got, some hostages. I never beat the, a mission in this. I got some hostages free. I could shoot some guys, but I, I, usually it's because I only had one guy that could get in, and I'd get smashed. You know, but I would. I, I had some success. I did better in the building than I did the repelling part. This game, to me, um, could have been done better. It even back then in '88, the graphics on this. They look pretty good in the static, sort of like the non-moving graphics. And even when you guys run down the sidewalk, it looks mm-hmm. pretty good. And the uh, and the scope it looks good. That part, I mean, the, the motion of that. Mm-hmm. But the uh, they dropped the ball on the win- the window segment was just it's just lazy. I mean, it's all I can say about it. It though it was done in a lazy way. The controls should have been changed. They were no good. And the uh, the uh, indoor maze thing that's been done better by older games. 
just clunky, mm-hmm. clunky looking, you know. Uh, generic, the same guys you see over and over. There's no, there's no variance in the people you're shooting. There's no really no variance in the people you're picking up. Um, it's almost like they started off and then rushed it out, or maybe this was ported from something because I couldn't find what the original system was for this. Maybe it was ported from something that just couldn't handle anything else. I just don't know. I know the Amiga can do better. Yeah. You know what? What about? What did you think? <clears throat> Yeah, this was a game that I always read about in magazines when I was growing up, like Nintendo Power, always the Nintendo port. Um, and I always thought it looked super cool. You know, it's I always like games where there's kind of different different tasks and different stages mm-hmm. and things like that. Kind of like, you know, Bayou Billy, did you ever play that? Yes. Where there's like a driving part, there's the side-scrolling <clears throat> part, and there's a shooting part. Just like Technocop. Okay, there we go. Except better. <laughs> um, so... But when, you're right. I mean, the game falls apart really quickly right as soon as you realize that what you're doing in the sniping level has no impact on anything. And then when you go into the embassy and instead of running around, and even in, it would have even been better as a side scroll. Absolutely. My thoughts exactly. Yeah. It was odd that they decided to make it 3D after going flat 2D with the with the opening segment, mm-hmm. which that could have that would have made more sense to have been somewhere in some sort of dimension where you could at least turn the corner right it was very confusing right and so um and then the way that the game ends you know you rescue the hostages and then it's basically game over you know and you don't get a rating um you know it would be nice if you could get like a one or two or three star rating depending on how fast you did it can't you increase in rank after your after the permission you get yeah you get a promotion but, uh, you promote to the next level, and you get a secret access code to attempt a mission at that level. So that that doesn't happen on the on the Nintendo version. Maybe that's yeah. just on the Amiga version. Yeah, it, that, so that you do get promoted. Uh, but uh, and I, I printed out the documents because I had I had to consult these things over and over because it was the way you control your guys is sort of it's not the most intuitive. It ends up working out okay. On on uh, when you move your guys into position in the first level. Uh, you go to a separate. You go to a menu. This you're going to have to use a keyboard, and you've got function keys that uh, are hooked to each guy. <clears throat> so you can hit F1, and you're say Bob, and F2 is Tango, and F3 is Hotel or whatever. And you and you can switch though, and it and it works the same way on on the first two levels. I guess I don't, I never had any extra guys on the last level, so I didn't get to switch with them. But I guess you could do it there. So they give you a full sort of a squadron to control. It's awesome. And the controls, once you figure out what's going on, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's not a problem. I didn't have any problems, per se, with the controller itself, you know, moving around. It's just the the implementation, uh, implementation of, of various points in the game that are, is flawed. We talk about games that don't need to be remade. This is a game, because this, say what you will about what they came up with. This is a game you could remake and make it awesome. It could be really awesome. Well, and they really have. I mean, there are you know elements of this game in every sort of like Call of Duty type game. Yeah, you're. I mean, but I mean, I mean, remake this exact game with a better engine in the front, and then the 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 repelling sequence to be better, the sniper sequence to be more uh, have more options Mm -hmm. of what you can shoot, and the of course once you get inside the button, they can make that a truly 3D experience that would be a lot cooler than what you had. Yeah. Even like a top-down, it would have been cool. Think about it came from the desert when you're escaping from the hospital. Take that same sort of perspective and give you you a gun and then you'd be in business. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree. Um, Again, this game was made by Infograms and normally I don't go into 
the uh, people that make these games sense. But I thought this, I was just looking through the history of infograms. Really, I, what I want to do is look up how they got their wacky name. Mm. I've always wondered how infograms got this name. And so, of course, I had to look it up. And, and thanks to uh, the, our friends at the Wikipedia, found some interesting stuff out. If you haven't heard this, I thought it was kind of neat. So they wanted to make this company called Zaboob Systems. <laughs> And I love this part. And it translates to Dick System. Of course it does. <laughs> That's a bad name. And they they were dissuaded by their legal counsel. Good move, legal For counsel. For once, the lawyers pay off. <laughs> um, so they they combined the uh, French words inform, uh, informatique, which is information technology, and program into, a gr- into one word, infogram. So that's where that came from. All right. But so that's why I went here to look uh, look that up. But I was looking over there, Infograph's colorful history. This is the embodiment of a wacky company. So <laughs> they had some big hits back in the day. The one that I think of straight away from them is Alone in the Dark. Great game on the PC. I was it's sad that the Amiga never got a port of this game. Uh, but uh, and it, it was, I get that confused with the Seventh Guest. That's not the same no, thing, right? No, 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 okay. no. Uh, Alone in the Dark has sort of a, it was one of the first like three-dimensional action games that, that you walk through a haunted mansion. It's okay. got Cthulhu-type stuff in it. Okay. Um, so, after some initial success, these guys went on a freaking buying spree. So, uh, uh, they went out in, in 96, and they bought Ocean Software. Okay? We all know what Ocean's did. Okay? Then they bought... Uh, I'm not going to go through all this stuff. Then they bought Gremlin. At one point. So think about that for a minute. Here's one company that owns Gremlin and Ocean and mm-hmm. all of their stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff. It is. It's a lot of stuff. Now, but it's not nothing compared to what they bought later on. So get this. They bought Gremlin in 99 for $40 million. They renamed it Infograms Sheffield. Hey. And then four years later, they closed it. Um. <laughs> Whoops. Now, this is the story of these guys. They bought... A- I can't believe there was there were publishers. There was a publishing house in Sheffield. Yeah. They bought an Accolade, right? Everyone knows who Accolade is, right? Sixty million bucks. They bought Beam Software, right? Then they renamed them Infograms Melbourne, and then they bought. So okay, so you've got all. I mean, Accolade was no small company. No. Okay. They did like the Mortal Kombat conversions mm-hmm. and stuff. So they did, and they also did like NBA Jam. They did a bunch of big. No, you're games. thinking about Acclaim. That's right. What did Accolade do? Accolade did Hardball. Yeah. Okay. So then. They weren't done. It's 99. They're like, screw it. Let's buy GT Interactive. It's a huge company. Mm-hmm. They dropped 135 mil on them. Okay? So, and then they invested a bunch of money in them because they, uh, at the time, they owned like Duke Nukem and Driver and Oddworld and Unreal. These are mm-hmm. big licenses, right? Then they, they're not done yet. Then they purchased Hasbro Interactive, right? Which that doesn't sound like a big deal. And also, they bought. Remember the old game console, Game.com? Yeah. That was a dud. Yep. So they bought that. And they bought Hasbro and that Game.com for 100 mil. And then they. And then some of it was. A lot of it was stock, common stock, and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so when they got Hasbro, they ended up picking up Microprose plus Atari. All right. Think about that. So now, under one roof, you had Gremlin. You've got. You got Accolade. You've got Acclaim. You've got. Uh, uh, GT Interactive, you've got all these great, you got all these great companies, and you're adding Microprose and Atari. This is all in one huge company. You're like, holy crap, how can they fail? Well, 
they spent a lot of money to get this stuff. They ended up picking up the properties for like um, Dungeons and Dragons, My Little Pony, a bunch of stuff. So they had everything, right? Mr. Potato Head. <clears throat> so then they weren't done. Then they bought Eden Games and Shiny Entertainment. So you know, Shiny had a lot of, of hits. Um, so they've got these. They pay a bunch of money for those. So then they decide, okay, now we've got a tar. We're gonna we're gonna revigorate that. If you were, I remember when this oh, happened. Yeah, yeah. people so, were upset. Now let me tell you the first three titles that we're gonna invigorate Atari with the new <laughs> Atari. Tell me if you remember any of these: Splashdown, no. MX Rider, no, Transworld Surf, no. Yeah, they. I've never heard of any no. of those. <laughs> so obviously the branding didn't go well. So anyway, they own all this stuff. Well, guess what happens? 2002 rolls around. They lost sixty. Uh, they lost sixty-seven million dollars, and they had revenues of sixty-five million or six hundred fifty million. That means they spent all that money. <laughs> they lost money in a year that they made all that money, and it goes downhill from there. And so, what ends up happening is they have to start selling off the stuff that they paid top dollar for. They sell Civilization to Take Two. They <laughs> they they lost Epics. So that means they lost uh, Unreal. They lost all that stuff. Then they had to sell the stuff they bought from Hasbro Interactive back to them at a major discount. The only thing they kept was Dungeons and Dragons. And by the way, along the way, these suckers picked up the company that came up with my game, City of Heroes, um, Cryptic. They bought them for twenty-six million bucks. You saw where that went, Toile. You know, so this company was in the hole for like hundreds of millions of dollars. <clears throat> Eventually, they renamed themselves Atari. So that was the end of Infograms, mm-hmm. you know. And now they're just, I, I haven't heard much from them. They're still around. They're now still doing they Atari just, stuff, but they're yeah, not they, anything they, like they were. No, they put out, you know, Atari classic games on Steam. And uh, and that's really about it. Can you imagine, you buy Gremlin. Gremlin was a huge house. Ocean. and uh, Well, yeah. and But, I mean, Gremlin was, Ocean was more of a publishing place. I mean, Gremlin... Is making awesome stuff, and then you kill them in four years. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And Microprose they had everything. Yeah. So it's a. It just goes to show not everyone's an EA. Right. You know, but it's a. It's a, I read the history of this. And I was just baffled. I sat there, looked at these numbers. They were staggering. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a shame, because I like Infogram stuff. They did their own stuff. You know, they were they did their stuff in house. It was almost always French guys working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so. This isn't the best thing I've played from them, but. Uh, you know, and I, I'm, I really want to try that Alcatraz. It might be a pretty good game. It looks like that. It looks very similar. Maybe they were able to improve on some of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but overall, that the game was flawed. Yeah, that's so, I, I, I give it the same assessment. Yeah. Did you check around on eBay to see what this thing's going for? I did, I did, and they there were copies, and there were copies in the U.S., which leads me to believe that they actually released an NTSC version, and it did. It played on my Amiga Fine, and it was NTSC, so. I assume it's got an American release. <clears throat> There's one copy available right now in the U.S. boxed, forty-five bucks shipped. Mm. Not bad. Uh, U.K. tons of copies boxed, probably around thirty bucks. Disc only. I saw a couple for 20, around twenty bucks. Okay, so if you if you want to pick this up boxed, it's not going to break the bank. Yeah, I agree. Um, what were the reviews like? The reviews were uh, sort of middle of the road. Uh, I usually go to my my favorite guys, which is uh, 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 Action. I don't I don't think they even reviewed it, but most of the reviews here, like uh, Amiga Computing eighty one, uh, CU Amiga eighty four, 
some five out of ten, some se- stuff in the seventies. Yeah, fair to Midland. You know, people were a lot more forgiving. I mean, the graphically, this would have been pretty impressive, I think, in '88. The style of the graphics is sort of a shaded tracing of a real picture. I think that's what those are. Mm-hmm. When you said that was what it was, mm-hmm. um, and it's it looks good. It's just, it's got a certain stylized quality to it. You know, I mean, but a lot of it's the really nice pictures are just still framed. Yeah, the the music. Is okay, you know. I mean, I thought it was okay. Um, the uh, uh, it's not a whole lot of music. I mean, there's the the theme tune, but once you get into the game, there's no more music. Yeah. Um, the 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 hilarious thing is the guy that did the music also did the music for our personal favorite North and South. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny. We need to give that another shot with the uh, improved emulator. Maybe it will. Uh, maybe we'll fare better. I, I suppose so. <laughs> maybe not. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um. Well, let's go ahead and. And thank our supporters. Mm. We've got a lot of supporters to thank. Uh, Jason Warrens, Graham Vebke, Rob O'Hara, Paul Harrington, Laurent Giroux, <laughs> Jonas Rollo. Not me. Not me. Cole Bjorn Barman. Tapes from the Crypt. Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. Thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon. If you'd like to support Amigos Podcast on Patreon, go over to patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Yeah, thank you for supporting us. And, uh, thanks to the support of Patreons and everybody else. I think it's been a good year. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun this year. Oh, yeah. As it winds down, uh, you know, playing games and uh, watching the studio here expand before mm-hmm. my eyes. It's, yeah. been, it's been pretty neat. We'll talk all about that on our, our Christmas Spectacular next oh, week. Boy. We'll do a little video tour of the studio. Tour, and, okay, beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, uh, next week, Aaron, you have an idea for a game. Well, did you, it is the Christmas Spectacular. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, so next so week, we are, we both have, so we're going to do all the Amiga Christmas games we can find. So, hope maybe you can get that, that compilation pack burned and we can fire that up. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll, we'll just go to town. So, until then, make sure you tune in next week, uh, live Friday night at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, for our Amigos Christmas Spectacular. And I assume you're going to put something up on the site oh, yeah. where to go. I will I will promote it endlessly. Yeah, show up. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. I don't know what the time difference is going to do. Uh, but 6, p- 6 p.m. here. I don't know 6 what... p.m. here is like um, 11 or 12 in England. At, p- at p.m.? No, a.m. Like it's noon is what you're saying. No. It's so, later. So 11 p.m. to midnight. Right. 11 okay. Well, that's to not too bad. Yeah. On a Friday night, you know. So, um, but we will have, we'll give away things. We might even give away stuff to people that show up in the chat room. You don't, we don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. We literally have yeah. no idea. So, uh, drinking. In. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, we will see you then. And until next time, adios. adios.